Um, welcome to the listeners <laughs> the NCR podcast. start the podcast yeah this is the ncr podcast it is. this is the official handover podcast it is nate used to be the the host yep and now you're the host i guess i'll be the host yeah. hopefully sometimes pt can be the host and yeah. reza can be the host they're not going to be here today but i've taken charge on at least learning how to put all the Electrical work together. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Electrical. All the, h- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the way to put it. The hardware. Yeah. I guess. And uh, so today I'm going to interview you. Yeah, I guess that's become semi-interesting. Enough. Exactly. So for those who don't know, a little brief history of Nate at NCR. We well actually, how why don't, we, why don't we go back? Well, Nate used to be our head media, mm-hmm. head of media at NCR. And um, and now Nate's evolved into a media guru, and he's traveling the world. He's videotaping some of the best CrossFitters on the planet, right? So that's that's what we're gonna get to. But we want to dig into that a little bit more. How did you how did you meet PT? Because you you guys met in on the East Coast, right? Yeah. Because like I met you here, yeah. But through PT, yeah. But you guys had met at like a level I think one the that first PT time we did. met was actually on the East Coast too, when you came out and did a seminar. Remember right before I s- right, right before I came here, I think. But anyway, yeah, it's PT. It's a good question. PT, um, like most people, I saw him through the games when he went in 2014. That's kind of like how I found out who he was. Um, and I think it was the year he came off the games or the year after. So either 2015 or 2016. Um, Rhi and I had come here one Christmas because I'm from Ottawa. I was living in Halifax. But we had come back for Christmas. And we just came in and did a workout. It was my first time ever coming to NCR. So we dropped in on a class. And PT was here. And after the class, I just like sat there and chatted him up. And we ended up chatting for like 30 minutes. Just about like everything. About like his competition stuff. About like my gym in Halifax. Whatever, whatever. Um, and yeah, and, and so basically we had that initial interaction, I think probably like six months to a year went by. Um, and I saw that he was doing a seminar at my gym in Halifax. We had just started hosting them. Um, and so I just sent him, I think a message on, I DM'd him, but I think this was like even a little bit prior to like when a lot of people were using Instagram a lot. So it was like Facebook messenger, I think was how I got a hold of him. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, man, like, remember me? Like, I chatted your ear off for a little bit. Like, I know you're coming to my gym. Like, if you need anything, like, let me know. I got a key to the gym if you want to work out, whatever. And, like, oddly enough, he hit me back. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, I'll probably be looking to get a workout in. First day he got there, um, I actually ended up going. Did you do an early morning workout? I think it was, yeah. I don't think it was, like, anything crazy, like 6 a.m., but I think it was, like, 9 in the morning or something like that. Um, the day before the seminar, him and Sarah were there and I went and picked them up. Uh, I offered to come pick them up from their hotel in like my raggedy, like old Mazda three. Like I had this like rice rocket of a car and, uh, it scared them because Sarah was pregnant and it sounded like it was going to break. <laughs> so I think he was like, what am I doing getting in car with this random dude? I don't know with my pregnant wife. Um, but yeah, and then I drove him to the gym and we, we worked out. And then from there it was just kind of that same like rinse and repeat cycle for the next year and a half. Like, mm-hmm. 
every time I would see a seminar coming, I would message him, ask if he was coming. There was probably three or four interactions um, that happened like that. So you guys just basically kept in touch. I, a little I, bit, I, just yeah. like here and there. Yeah. I, I, and, then, and then you, and then how did it come? Because I remember one day it was basically, I remember you walked in to our gym. You mm-hmm. had come to Ottawa mm-hmm. and you walked into our gym and we were talking at the front desk about like, about careers and stuff. Because you were coaching, you were a coach or a manager on the East Coast. Uh, I guess at or the end, I was, no, at the end I was, my title was like evening manager right, or something. Right, right. It was a daytime. And, and you're day. from Ottawa. So at, the, at that point, you're kind of like thinking about you wanted to move back to Ottawa or, or thought maybe you wanted to? Or? No, literally not at all. Oh, like okay. I had always said, dude, like after like a year or two of being a Halifax, I, I always said I never want to go back to Ottawa. I don't know what it was, like if it was like a weird like independence trip or something, yeah, yeah. but I like never wanted to go back. I never wanted to come back to my home city. Huh. Yeah. And it's c- because I remember having a conversation with you at the front desk where yep. you were talking about, and I don't know if you had talked or you had put the bug in PT's ear or mm-hmm. he had to put the bug in your ear mm-hmm. about coming to ncr yeah to begin coaching yeah well i mean like i mean here's one thing is like i had no interest in coming back to ottawa at all but i'm a very opportunity driven person so like i don't really remember that interaction but it wouldn't surprise me at all if you i had told you guys your, I, keep your doors if open. i had told you guys i wanted to come back to ottawa because i thought it might lead to something like that right. sounds very much like something i would do yeah so but i mean no like i cool. i had zero zero interest before um and then basically what happened was we had one of our coaches who was taking who had a lot of hours at the gym leave on a whim mm-hmm. and then i think we approached you and we're like hey you want to come coach at our gym right i think that's essentially what happened yeah it was funny like i i remember pretty vividly i was in halifax working it was i think it was like november um and pd had just left so i think kind of what where the spark was lit too is like the the last time he came out before that offer um i had been vlogging so like in 2015 or 16 i discovered daily vlogging on youtube guy named casey neistat watched like every one of his videos back to back never made a video in my life picked up my iphone and iMovie and started making videos of myself on the internet like super horribly um and when he came i was in the middle of daily vlogging so i daily vlogged for like 110 days in a row so that's the other thing i was going to say was like you you weren't only coaching but you were you were doing online media starting to get into the vlogging world a little bit yeah like nothing compared to like what i was doing for you guys or what i'm doing now like it's very it was very like so yeah i worked i worked three to nine monday to friday at the gym or two Mm -hmm. to nine monday to friday at the gym i was going to school full-time as well at st mary's university um and then i was making a vlog every day didn't you do a vlog every day for like 100 days or something Yeah, 110 days yeah okay and i did i did 100 days of every other day before that so it was 210 days basically of making vlogs just just for your personal page yeah literally just dude like i would wake up in the morning and throughout the entire day i would like document it and then at night i would edit it and like most of the time i would i would shoot the vlog basically from the time i woke up till 2 p.m when i had to go to work and then when i would come home at 9 p.m i would edit it was that kind of your first your first jump into the like, vlogging world that yeah. was the first time yeah dude like it. i had literally before that i had never 
picked up. I didn't even own a camera at that point. Like it was my iPhone and I, the first few vlogs, it was all YouTube tutorials, like how to add audio, how to <laughs> make a cut, how to. And it was just this guy that you saw on YouTube yeah. doing a vlog that inspired you to make your own. Yeah. Like I, I, I had no idea what vlogging was until I didn't even watch YouTube until, until I found that. And then he had daily vlogged for like something insane, like 550 days. Whoa. And I watched the entire 550 day series. And then I watched it again. And then I was like, wow, I, I, this is amazing. I want to do this. What was it about the vlog that made you want to make your own? Like, was it just the editing? Was it? No, it was like, so it's a good question. Like in my first vlog, which is like extremely horrible, still on YouTube, but it's extremely horrible. But I, I basically talked about that and it was like, for me, it was like a creative expression thing. So like, I've always been really crap at anything artistic. So like growing up, I always mm -hmm. would say I'm the least artistic person ever. Cause mm -hmm. like I couldn't draw, I couldn't sing, I couldn't paint, I couldn't dance. I had no rhythm. Like I was really bad at everything artistic. Mm -hmm. But then I saw this and I was kind of like, I've always felt like I had this like creativity inside me, you but I had no way to express it. You wanted it. to like unleash it. Somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I didn't know how, but I saw this and like through everything Casey was saying when he was describing it and in his path through video, I was like, maybe I could do this. Like maybe, maybe this would be something for me. And like, I've always kind of enjoyed being like, I'm a pretty reserved dude outside of like video and stuff. But like when I'm on the camera, I love being like a big personality. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. That's like, that's gotta be one aspect of social media. That's like, that's gotta be one. That's gotta be one bullet point in the positive side For of sure. social media yeah. is like allowing people to express themselves mm -hmm. where maybe before they weren't able to. Yeah, dude. Like I talk about this all the time. Like I get now obviously, and I, like, I'm not, I'm not going to jump forward, but like now with what I'm doing, where I am, like I get DMS all the time from like aspiring creators or like people who are like, I want to start making videos. E mainly it's like, I want to start making videos at my gym, whatever, whatever, or like vlogging. And they're like, Oh, but like what camera should I get? Or like, Oh, I like, mm -hmm. how, how do I learn to do? I'm like, just do it. Like, that's, cool, yeah. that's the thing with the internet is like, you can literally just start like mm -hmm. back in the day. It was like, you had to go to film school. You had to buy $20,000 worth of gear. You mm -hmm. had to have a production company put you on da da da. Yeah. 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 Whereas like now it's like there's literally no reason why you can't you make can a video. You can use your iPhone. Yeah, like anybody and, can and do it. And download an app to edit it for free. Yeah. Yeah, for free. Yeah. So it's and like, use YouTube to yeah. teach you. Yeah. Like it's like or it's, it's like it's like painting. Yeah. Like you could take some classes. Yeah. Or you could just get some paint and an easel. Yeah. And a paintbrush Ex and just <laughs> exactly slap some color on yeah. that and go crazy. Totally. And like don't get me wrong, like I know there's probably a place for like film school and stuff like that in in old media, but now with like what I am in is new media, like everything going on the internet like it's, it's you don't really need it like mm. you know what i mean like you can learn so much from that mm. um you know i'm not at this point i'm not directing crews of 500 people so like mm. there's not like that that aspect which maybe you would learn in like film school but no it's just experiential so you when you did so you did your 110 days straight mm -hmm. and plus the other 100 every other day yeah and what like what kind of stuff did you what did you learn about vlogging that you liked and potentially disliked about it um it's a good question uh i would say like i mean what i learned was just like i mean i learned how to make videos you know mm -hmm. what i mean and I, and I developed a passion for doing it through that um the reason i stopped daily vlogging was because i had gotten to a point where i was like i want to start taking this more seriously mm -hmm. and like it sounds funny but like you can't like when you're when you're making a video every single day and that's your whole focus especially with the schedule i had with being a full-time student and working mm -hmm. full-time like i had zero time to learn mm -hmm. more like i was doing like i was learning maybe like 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 
this much a day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whereas like if I had an extra hour, I could learn this much a day, yeah. you know, like I could learn way more. And so it was just like, uh, I had learned that I had this passion to and I wanted to get better. And then I stopped because I was like, I need to be able to put more time into this because like every right. second of my day was like, if I lose a second, I, I can't get this vlog out. Yeah. So I couldn't do anything with like a new software or learn how to right, use a new right. camera, anything like that. So I don't know. I would say I learned, I, I, I learned my passion. What was the second part of the question? I said, did you, did you find any, were there any, uh, aspects of vlogging every day that you disliked? Yeah. Um, I would say I realized it later on. Um, I, I didn't really understand what it was that I was feeling when I stopped. Um, it was mainly honestly because I wanted to take it more seriously and professionally, Mm. but, um, you know, again, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like the privacy thing is like weird. Like I'm, I'm a pretty open person. I always have been obviously, Mm -hmm. but like to give you perspective, like I made those, I made over 200 videos in those 210 days or sorry, over 150 videos in those 210 days. And all of those videos got maybe 10 views each. Right. (laughs) So like (laughs) nobody was watching them. Like nobody, my channel went to like 50 subscribers, like nothing. Um, like your sister's watching in the video, (laughs) literally my sister and a couple friends, but like one, one thing I found that was weird. And like, this is again, something I'm realizing more now, but there was one interaction I had, and I guess one of those 10 people was someone I didn't know right. who once came up to me in public and asked me a question about Re, my girlfriend. She was sick in the day's previous vlog, and he just came up to me and introduced himself. He's like, hey, I've, I've watched your videos. How's Re feeling? And that was like the weirdest thing in my life, and I almost like that was kind of like, weird. right? And I was almost kind of like, and like now it happens a little bit more, obviously, mm. but it's more about me because like I, I, we'll talk about this later, I guess, but like, yeah. I don't, I don't put my personal life out as much anymore. Right. But, um, but back then it was like, that was one thing. And that was right near the end too. And I, it, that was just a moment for me where I was like, Whoa, like, do I want this? And like, you see it all the time. Like if you watch any big vloggers, like they talk about it all the time, how yeah. like people are always judging them. People are always like watching their life and critiquing. And like, yeah. So that was, that was probably the one thing that I was like, well, it's I don't know if one I'll like thing, this. Uh, one thing about vlogging is and even just social media in general is you you kind of put yourself out there in the same way that before all the social media happened it's Mm -hmm. like it's like celebrities being followed by the paparazzi yeah in the sense that they're all of the media that they get put out Mm -hmm. is by the paparazzi and not necessarily what they want Mm -hmm. what's nice about the vlog is that you have control over it or that you have control over your own social media but if you're not careful and yeah. you're not aware well and then it, can, then it could become something that maybe you regret yeah man and it's you know? it's funny because like that's such a good point because like although you do have control especially with daily vlogging like like it's it's tough to try to make an interesting video out of every day of your life no matter how interesting your life yeah. is it can be tough right because like it's it's there's always going to be repetition and there's always going to be things that you think are boring so you're always looking for the next greatest thing. And like what starts to happen is like in your pursuit to put out content that's entertaining, you will do anything to get that piece of content. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and you'll start doing things like you see someone fall down and you'll instantly put the camera on them and try to make something out of it, even though that person might be hurt and you should probably just be going to offer your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on a bigger scale, you see things like that Logan Paul suicide force thing. Like that's, I don't know if you know much about that, but like I that, kind of I heard some. That was like the beginning of 2018. He was a YouTuber who had yeah, gone, yeah, yeah. gone from zero to like t- 
13 or 14 million subscribers Holy. in a year. He was blowing up, multimillionaire, whatever. And he ended up going to Japan and recording um, inside the suicide force and showing a dead body. And it was like this whole big blow up. And people were like, oh, you're an awful person. You're an awful person. It was a bad decision, but he, like it was there's like a sickness associated with trying to like create content like that on that yeah. massive scale. Cause you're, I feel this is, have you ever seen the movie? There's a movie I watched recently. It was called, um, it was called, Oh man, I'm going to mess it up. Essentially it followed the movie. It was a documentary. Mm-hmm. It follows five social media. Influencers. Oh yeah. It was on Netflix, right? I think it was on Netflix. Yeah. I know what you're talking but about. I, I saw it on demand. Yeah, okay. I think I saw it on Rogers on Demand. Okay, okay. But uh, it follows them. I know exactly what you're talking about. And they, one of the girls is from South Africa. Okay, yeah. And then there's a guy, he's like a memer. Yeah. And anyway. Oh, yeah, the fat one, Jewish. One's a, no, it wasn't him. Oh, was it? I forget the, I forget the yeah, name I of I think it's something different. But anyway, regardless, it follows them. And one of the things, it talks about positives and negatives of social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it talks about is how because you associate basically your success on how many subscribers, how many likes Uh you have, all these things, Uh you become addicted to it like a drug. Yeah. Right. And this is, this doesn't just go for the professionals in the field, the people Mm -hmm. that are making a living out of it. Mm -hmm. It goes for people just taking part in social media as like a personal thing. Mm -hmm. You get almost like a dopamine, you get a dopamine hit when you get a like and you're not satisfied until you get more likes than the one before. Yeah. So you're constantly thinking in the back of your head about the next piece of content mm. and how it's going to be better than the one before mm-hmm. to get you 101 likes mm-hmm. instead of 100. Mm-hmm. Or like, like you said, you started out with 10 yeah. views or whatever yeah. on your blog. On your vlog, I remember my first Instagram post was like, I could probably go back. It's like nine likes. Yeah, you know, yeah, and man. I was like, oh, sick, nine likes. Yeah, <laughs> and then you start posting more and more, and then yeah. you just, you know, you expect more. Yeah because you expect your content to improve yeah you expect to get more followers yeah you're on it for longer so mm-hmm. naturally you just think that more people are going to see it uh-huh. and uh yeah it's like you said it's almost like it's it's borderline like a sickness yeah and you so did you find that did you find that when you were doing that you recognized it and you had to kind of check yourself no, I don't think it got to that point for me. Like, again, it was just, it was so small scale, right? Like mm. that's, th- that's, I mean, that's kind of the other side of this message is like, you know, I did all that. I made all those videos and I was getting 10 views and it never grew. And I did not care. Like, right. obviously I, I would have loved for it to grow right. for sure. And like, I did everything in my power to make that happen. But like, I, I did, I never had any of those things because like, it just wasn't, big enough you know what i mean i never felt the pressure like i think what happens with a lot of the big stars when they make mistakes is i'm speaking specifically social media stars is like they feel the pressure to keep getting that next bigger and better thing and from all the people that are watching i had nobody watching so i had no pressure like i i could literally do whatever i wanted and it was just for me i knew it was just a a learning experience really and also at that point some of these other stars Mm -hmm. It was called Public Figure. That's the name of mm-hmm. the, the documentary. Oh, Public, okay. Public okay. Figure. Okay. Um, at some point, too, they're making their living off of it. Oh, yeah. So it's not only a, a pressure. They don't feel the pressure just because of the dopamine hit. Yeah. They feel the pressure because they need to, Yeah. you know, they need to make a living. They yeah. need to get the dollar yeah. tomorrow. Right? Yeah. They need to cash that check. and. Yeah, man. Well, like, it's, yeah. And, that, and that's, like, like, again, I don't know. You can pull me back if I'm jumping too far ahead. But, like, 
that's exactly where I've gone to now mm-hmm. because like this is my living now. Like yeah. this is my livelihood. This is how I make money. This is how I pay my bills. Um, and it's all through basically everything I make goes on the internet. And most of the time it's YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so now looking at those metrics, it's very different. Like before it's like, mm-hmm. I wanted to grow because I just wanted to grow. I thought mm-hmm. it'd be cool to have all that thing. Mm-hmm. But now it's like the videos I make and post, like the views are correlated to in in my mind like the success of what i'm doing and so like if something is doing well then there's gonna be more of a likelihood that it continues yeah you know what i mean like the the client or like it's like for sure for the most part what i'm doing now is not personal stuff it's for other people right um and so like but i see those those metrics those views and all that as as like a way to continue making a living the way you're doing it yeah, exactly. And like a little bit of, you know, obviously like um, views are a tough metric to describe like how good the work is because like they click on it without seeing it. It's mainly more about like the thumbnail and title, but like the subscribers, for example, is, is a good met is okay metric to, to say how good your work is. Um, you know, if, if your subscribers aren't growing and you're putting out videos, then it's probably not the best work. That's like there's other that you and that's a better metric because you know that they're just going to continue to get videos from that same. Page. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if you subscribe they're to committed. a channel, you they're, like it. Right. You they're know, committed to it. Yeah, you've seen a video and you like it. Like if you just click on a video, like it might just again be because of the title and thumbnail, which is a whole other thing. Like right. trying to get good at that, but like yeah, it's it's mainly like subscriber growth. But anyway, so like to answer your question, like yeah, it's it's definitely changed now into like you said with them, like uh, a metric by which you you judge your your livelihood and your your ability to to make money and stuff hmm. for sure so so let's jump to sort of the the next thing that happened after mm-hmm. you know we i mean we hired you because we as a gym we didn't really pay much attention to our social media yeah we did a little bit like we did as much social media for our gym as we needed to just to communicate to our membership yeah you know we threw up a few pictures mm-hmm. It was kind of like, you know, anyone would do just for their personal pages, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram. Mm -hmm. But then we started to see in the CrossFit world at the at the very least. Yeah. um, A lot of gyms were seeing success getting their brand out there Uh by having a bigger social media following, Mm -hmm. making sure that their content was quality Mm -hmm. and uh, not just for communication, Mm -hmm. but for also like letting people know outside the gym what the program was yeah brand awareness too, brand awareness bit, yeah. things like that so then we we brought you on board mm-hmm. we're like oh sweet nate can coach mm-hmm. and nate's pretty involved in social media mm-hmm. let's bring him on board see if he wants to be head of media mm-hmm. and so you kind of you know created this plan mm-hmm. why don't you tell why don't you describe like sort of what your vision was mm-hmm. sw- for the gym mm-hmm. switching from more of like a personal social media brand mm-hmm. branding perspective versus mm-hmm. a a gym mm-hmm. or a like business, a business. Yeah. social media branding perspective like how yeah. does that change and what did you have to start thinking about when you came into the gym mm-hmm. and you were you were like okay I've got to I've got to do this for a company now yeah um yeah so, I mean definitely like that was that was part of the reason why I stopped daily vlogging was because I got the offer from PT um you know probably a couple months before I finished. And then when we, the initial, we didn't make it happen in November, but then it, it came back again in February and it was like, okay, we'll do it. And we, you know, I packed up and came, but just before that I had stopped because I realized that I'm like, okay, like 
this has got to step up now. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be getting paid to do this for the first time. I'm going to be making content for a brand that's bigger than myself. Um, more than 10 people are probably going to see it. And so, yeah, it was, it was a initial little bit of just practice. So instead of making a video a day, I started making a video every like three to four days and putting a lot more time and effort into it. And like, trying to make things that were exciting and people really That's like for the gym well no i, I oh, started just doing it myself own. like i was practicing you were practicing right? so like the last like two months i lived in halifax oh, i stopped I gotcha. vlogging and just started practicing um you know like throughout the open i was in halifax before i came here in april and i recorded some workouts and just did little edits and like tried to work on that because i had never shot anything professionally before or shot anything for a business or a gym so I kind of started to find that a little bit. Um, so that was like the first step, I guess, was just like practicing the content. But I mean, when I first stepped in here, the mindset, I mean, I, I, I was much more careful, <laughs> you know, with like right. what I like what I what I said on camera and the stuff I filmed and put out, um, especially being where we are in the world right now, like just trying to be very aware of like <clears throat> content because it went from like if I make a mistake someone's going to be mad at me to mm. like, if I make a mistake, someone's going to be mad at this thing that's much bigger than me. Yeah, yeah. And I was like coming in to represent and put out content that was going to represent this brand, which is a massive brand in our small niche of CrossFit, especially in Canada. Like everyone in Canada knows who NCR is, who does CrossFit. Like it's a, it's a very well-known brand. Um, even before I came in and did any social media stuff and I knew that. So like that was a big, big thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. When I came in, like initial plan was just kind of like to show that. Like I, I knew that. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people that I was around knew that. I think more on like the competitive side, like there was always the one or two competitors in every gym who was like, oh yeah, NCR. Like, right. But like the general public, not so much. You know what I mean? So I, I was kind of just like, okay, how can we how can we show what happens inside the gym to more than just people who watch the CrossFit games? Um, to them too, but like to like a, a bit of a wider audience. And so it was, yeah, it was the inception of the vlog and the podcast were the first two things because those were two ideas where it's like we can show rawness and like actually what it's like as opposed to just always having these like super polished almost like fake pieces of content like if i was to just come in and create commercials for instagram all the time yeah. like you're talking about the video edits yeah where it's music yeah this is the stuff that people are like addicted to it's the yeah. click everyone's clicking that stuff yeah 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 like the instagram edits i would do and stuff like that like um which were sweet yeah thank you um i love doing those this is still one of my favorite things to do um and yeah people like them but like again it it doesn't really show much you know what i mean like very cool to watch very flashy but like i felt like there needed to be more depth than that and like i saw the podcast specifically was i thought an example for you guys to just kind of like subtly flex on like just how much you know like everyone like people might not know that you're all level three seminar staff members and people might not know that like the coaching here is like just mind-boggling you know what i mean and like um and so this was an opportunity to talk about that and then also just to create content that people in general in the community would just find interesting you know yeah. we, the people we interviewed the stories we told were like i think appealing to a wider audience um so you get like the soccer mom who just happens to be watching the podcast about the police officer because she thinks that's a cool topic yeah and then she's like oh crossfit what is this crossfit thing and kind of has that dovetail effect absolutely um the vlog was similar the vlog was much more just for brand awareness like that was much more i think just for like something entertaining that people are going to want to watch right. that is still more raw than just those instagram videos like almost a like a reality story. reality tv exactly yeah. like just super brand awareness yeah. um and like that i think that thing turned into a beast of its own for sure um and there was a lot of a lot of positive feedback around that um 
yeah so i think those were kind of my two initial like i guess you could say like strategies starting the, it the vlog and the and the podcast, uh, the podcast. yeah because i remember you talking about when you first came in about you were talking a lot about generating as much content as possible mm-hmm. on as many different p- platforms as possible yeah not and making each platform unique content uh-huh so would that be if if you're a gym looking to sort of beef up your social media mm-hmm. would that be something the, the first place to start is like look at your platforms and establish yourself on every platform and try to have unique content on each one or should they focus on just one and yeah. try and make it really quality so i mean i guess it would depend on your situation like i would say for 99 percent of gyms definitely not the first definitely don't try to like get every piece of content individually because you probably can't like most gyms most gym well not even that but like most gyms listening to this are probably not gyms that have a full-time social media person you know what i mean like when i came in like yeah i was coaching but like that was 12 hours and then there was the rest of the time to do the other stuff so like i have the ability and the time to like sit down and put that much time and effort into it Mm -hmm. but like most probably like affiliate owners and stuff like that don't have that kind of time and so the idea of like starting that is is a big bold move so yeah my advice would just be like pick one you know what i mean pick like put if you're putting one picture a week on instagram and it's like some half-assed picture you snapped while a class was running of a blurry barbell overhead like maybe just take a little bit more time and like create something a bit more valuable like maybe start like instead of that you know something we we kind of did and like admittedly didn't didn't pursue too far but like the coach's corner thing like instead of posting that one picture maybe just like stand in front of your iphone camera have someone record you talking about the one movement you guys are doing that day and give some tips and tricks okay but what so here so let's say uh, let's just go back to the blurry barbell (laughs) that's hilarious but what if so if they don't have time how are they going to wouldn't the blurry barbell be like a good way i mean maybe not the blurry barbell but how on one platform could mm-hmm. you show both the rawness uh-huh. and the polished? Yeah. Well, you know I, mean, what I mean, I would say uh, maybe the stories on Instagram. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, to, to be honest, though, the, the time it takes to take the blurry barbell picture and the time it takes to stand in front of your iPhone for 60 seconds and explain how to deadlift properly. I don't think there's that much of a difference. Like, however That's busy true. you are, you can probably do that. Um if you're trying to get both the problem is is the polished content there's time after shooting it you know what i mean so like i'm giving advice to someone who like might not even have time to polish content or like think they have time like everyone has time you just have to make it um but like if you're not wanting to stay up till 2 a.m editing like that's fine um but you might just have to like you know figure out a way to like get that raw content a bit more beefed up i guess you could say Mm -hmm. so just find finding a way to like add value in it like the blurry barbell is not really like what what, what's that giving to people no you know what i mean i guess i didn't mean the blurry barbell but i just mean it's because you're talking about how before we were talking about how it's the things that you brought to the table Mm -hmm. right away Mm -hmm. were two aspects of social media that would show the raw version of the gym right so it's like if you only have time for one platform, yeah. How do you how do you highlight? That's a challenge, right? Mm-hmm, Is to mm-hmm. highlight both the polished version, yeah, where you're editing some of the photos. Sure. Maybe you do a little, a little edit, a little workout yeah. edit, and yeah. you do an advertisement with like a flash of you know colorful words across sure, the screen. Sure. And then also you want to show the rawness 
mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you do, I don't know, maybe now there's Instagram TV, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe IGTV, you could do yeah. IGTV. So maybe you can do like little mini podcasts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like know. I would, Instagram's, I, I think probably one of the best platforms to get that out. Granted, if you're target demo, if you're a soccer mom, Jim, like if your main demographic is, is soccer moms and up, Facebook's probably a better bet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're like us and you have a wide demographic, a lot of young people, a lot of older people, kind of a mix, Instagram's probably the best way to hit as many as possible. And like Instagram's cool because you can do that. So like you, you kind of touched that earlier, like the rawness, you could do stories. Like that's, that, true. that's a great way to have kind of like raw and a content. Um, the problem with like the, the stuff I, s- I, would I see raw content of PT all day. <laughs> <laughs> the <Just> uh, inside, <laughs> inside the life of Paul Tremblay. <laughs> yeah. Bacon bits and hard boiled eggs. Yeah, exactly. And almond butter. <laughs> exactly. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah, the, it's tough to it's it's to be honest, it's kind of tough to draw a comparison because the stuff I was suggesting was long form content, and long form content is going to offer a lot more opportunity to have that. What's long form? Long form content just means it's long. Like long form is anything longer than like what you would put on Instagram or gotcha. Facebook. Granted, you can you can make long form content for Facebook specifically, Instagram. I don't know how well it plays. Like IGTV is still new, um, but long form content traditionally is like YouTube and podcasts. So like right. a ten minute YouTube video right. or th- a half hour longer than the podcast. minute video that you get on Instagram. Exactly. Um, so like that long form content allows for a lot more of that like rawness, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's tough to explain how to do that in a 15 second Instagram story, but I would just, uh, I don't know. I would just start, start making stuff like you, you'll, you'll figure out from the reactions of your members and people who are watching, whether it's good or not. And then adjust from there. Like, you know, like you might think you have the best idea ever and like, Oh, people are really going to care about my 12 week ring muscle up progression that I'm going to post every day. But like, if you realize that like people aren't really caring, there's not much feedback, nobody else is getting ring muscle ups, then like maybe switch it up. Maybe you, you want to like talk more about nutrition or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would just say like don't overthink it too much. Just start if you're not making anything or you're doing just like the one picture, like just start making more things. It doesn't really matter what they are and you'll see by the feedback and reception. That's a great thing about social media is it's a back and forth. Like there's a there's interactions you can have and in feedback you can get. So like if you're if you're getting more likes on one thing than another, likes aren't the best metric, but like it might tell you that something's more appealing to the audience than the other. So just start making stuff would be yeah. the short answer. And just pay attention to what happens. Exactly. And I guess if you start making something like this muscle up progression that you're talking about, sure. And it's a flop. Yeah. People are just like they're either not going to know it existed yeah. or they're just going to forget about it when you come up with the next great idea. Exactly. So and just like, don't be afraid to try stuff and just keep going. Yeah. Don't like, that's the biggest thing, man is like, and this isn't just to like gyms or whatever, but like content creation in general, like don't let your ego get in the way. Like there's yeah. a lot of time. Like I love daily vlogging. I love that style of making videos. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's the, for me, it's like one of my favorite personal styles of making videos. But like, I know that right now, especially like the ecosystem on YouTube is not super conducive to that. Like the content that's succeeding mm-hmm. is not daily vlogs. And like, it, it has to be more polished. There yeah. has to be more transitions and titles and mo graphs and all that kind of stuff. And like, if it, you can't do that really in daily, mm-hmm. at least not unless you're paying an editor and that's a whole nother story. But like, so, you know, adjusting your content outside of just what you think is good is another big thing that you have to be willing to do. Like, you can't can't let your ego get in the way and think that, like, you know what needs to be put out there. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. listen to the feedback and the reception. That kind of reminds me of, of my, my b- old blog that I used to write. Like, 
I used to just write. I really enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. So I started writing and I didn't expect people to, uh, too many people to read it. Mm-hmm. I thought, I hoped that a couple would. Yeah. And then, but I just continued to write. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, some articles got traction, some articles didn't get traction. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you start to figure out what art- type of articles people like. Sure to read and which ones they don't then you just make a decision like mm-hmm. maybe you're passionate about a certain topic and you just want to get it out there mm-hmm. even though you know it's not going to be well received by the audience mm-hmm. but then you're like okay it's time for something for people to really eat up yeah then you recognize what it is that they're enjoying and you just you know maybe yeah. it's not something that you necessarily want to do but you just bite the bullet and do it yeah just to like satisfy that audience yeah we call that the two for one rule so like the one thing I'll say before I before I explain that is like you have to be aware of what you're doing. And we kind of had this conversation the other day. If you're a gym trying to build a brand, if you're an individual person trying to build a brand, if your goal is to get a big following on social media for whatever reason, to convert to your gym, to convert so you can get teeth whitening ads, whatever you want, you attack it in a very different way than you do if your goal is just to have fun with it and post your life. Mm-hmm. Like some people will listen to this and be like, oh my goodness, like I'm not going to do anything anyone else doesn't want, like only what I want. It's like, that's great if your goal is just to like have fun and use Instagram for like what a lot of people do. Right. But like if your goal is to build a brand and have some sort of conversion potentially, two for one. So two for one just means two for you, one for me. So like you put out two pieces of content that you know your audience is going to love and then you can sprinkle in one piece of content that right. is more what you would like and then two for them and then one for you and then two for them and then one for you. So you're satiating that like desire while slowly building up an audience for things that you enjoy because yeah. people that's, that's the thing right is like over time people will start to care less about what you post because they'll just like you yeah if you start posting so like for example the only videos i ever made that got views back on my like personal youtube channel days were i had a electric skateboard a boosted board and i would make like review videos so like <laughs> i would review like I don't know, like how it was after a thousand kilometers. I would re- review these new wheels I got for it, whatever. And those, like I told you, every single one of my videos got like 10 views. Those would get like a thousand plus. So like I didn't implement Revu- it. Reviews are huge, eh? Yeah, huge. On YouTube? Um, I didn't implement that two for one strategy because I didn't care. Like I told you, I wasn't, my goal wasn't to like get views. I was just trying different things. But like if I was, or if I was to do it now, and let's say I was in the same place, like put out two boosted board videos, and then one vlog, two boosted board videos, mm. one vlog. Because what's going to happen is that first people are only going to watch. People are only going to watch the boosted board videos. People aren't going to give a crap about your vlogs, and you'll probably get comments being like, "This stuff about your life sucks. Nobody cares about your life. Put more boosted board stuff on." Because the internet's a mean place. But what will happen over time is like a little bit of your personality will be in each of those boosted board videos. And if your goal is to build a personal brand, and you keep putting those out, people will start to attach to you and as a person and like who you are and what you're saying and the little nuances you have in your voice or whatever. And they'll start to watch videos you put out just because you're putting them out. Like there's a lot of creators on YouTube where I'll watch their videos and I'm like, eh, this video doesn't really look too interesting to me, but I'll watch it anyways because I know that I like that creator. Hmm. They've done enough for me that I know that it's, they're intriguing and I like their brand. What can we review in this gym right now? All the new (laughs) Tidex equipment. Oh yeah, that's true. We should put out a an equipment review. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. I'm. Ma- I'm mainly kidding. No, it's actually, dude. But it's not. A, it's not a horrible idea. There's a lot of gyms that are probably like on the fence. Should I buy a assault bike or a Concept Two bike? You know, you could do a pretty in-depth review and sell them pretty hard on buying a Concept Two and not an assault bike. I bet you, if we searched that on YouTube right now, we'd find 50 videos. Sure, but like, why not be the 51st? There's that, yeah, a I lot guess, of people searching it. I guess so. That's true. So, what about the people that only your two for one rule? Mm-hmm. What about the people that only do stuff? For the brand, mm-hmm. not nothing for themselves. Are they at risk of like blowing up and getting bored, and then they like throw it all away? Getting bored, sure, maybe, yeah. absolutely. Burnout, probably bigger. Like if you're not enjoying what you're doing, yeah. and you're trying to create content on a mass scale, you're, yeah, you. There's definitely a higher risk for so that. So it's like if you're an, if you're if you're considering yourself an artist and you're trying to do this for a living and you're constantly doing brand boosting yeah. content. Maybe take some time aside for yourself. Absolutely. To try to if you're if you're an artist or someone who's trying to create a, a personal thing, yeah. On the flip side, if you're a business, you probably shouldn't be too upset if like Nancy from Sacramento doesn't like your personal vlogs. Yeah, like, for sure. You know what I mean? Because your goal is not to build a personal brand. Your goal is to get more people into your gym, for example, mm-hmm. or into your tile mm-hmm. store or whatever. So like if you're if you're creating content for a, a business conversion, then I would be less concerned about adding in the one and do more twos because mm-hmm. like for you it's just about getting eyes on it and like whatever people are gonna watch that's gonna be true to you. Like you wanna be true to your business, but like mm-hmm. again, for you guys, if you're gonna get more views doing reviews on the equipment that some gyms don't have that they might want to buy than doing the coach's corner videos, even though you love the coach's corner videos, it might be better to do that because it's going to build more brand awareness yeah. do you know what i mean but yeah. again you have to make the decision because like maybe you care more about brand awareness and like telling your personal story than you do about bringing in new members and if that's the case then power to you put out more content that is true to you it, you just have to think about what you want to get out of it it's so crazy like care. even that we're having this conversation right now like remember i just remember when social media just started becoming popular right yeah like it was just so mindless yeah dude you like you didn't even think there's like about what you posted yeah my job just, my job did not exist yeah five years like, ago like literally it was just like oh i there's the this cool bug on the ground mm-hmm. like i'm just gonna take a picture of this bug <laughs> and show my friends <laughs> right and then now it's like now it's like you you have to think about every little thing like this conversation yeah. is you know uh-huh. it wouldn't have happened we would have been talking gibberish yeah you know how how long has instagram been around for i don't know i think it came around when i was in like end of my high school no like early high school so like grade nine so i don't know maybe i don't even know how long ago i was in grade nine like seven eight years ago maybe yeah like not even 10 years ago eh? no i don't think so oh wow i mean maybe i don't maybe know 10, maybe that's when it started getting 10. big P- i didn't i PT, didn't really do you know when instagram started 2011 2011 yeah, grade 11 oh wow I uh, so yeah, barely I didn't really start using it until like I would say like seriously until like mid university and then obviously what if you use it for now crazy is not even it hasn't even been out for a decade and it's co- it's just caught like wildfire yeah not just Instagram but all of it yeah two thousand late two thousand ten wow it's insane so we st- we st- so all these things we just talked about we mm-hmm. tried to implement here mm-hmm. and we we built up a little bit of a, a social media. Um, social media brand for mm-hmm. ourselves and then and then it was competition season mm-hmm. competition season started and it was like okay we got to get this stuff on film yeah and pt did a few sanctioned events yeah the first one was london waterpalooza 
Wadapalooza. Yep. And you went there with him. Yep. And you and then and so was that your first competition that you went to to film the athletes? Yes. And PT was on a team. Yeah, team forged by Zeus. That's right. Tim Paulson and, and Meg Reardon were, and someone else. You were making some content for us, but were you also doing content for someone else too? Or? Um, I don't remember. No, yes. So basically what I did, so when I first moved here, I was like searching for like other things, obviously, like kind of like, like side hustles, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And that's when I kind of came across the social media thing. So at that time I had my, I had started in the September prior, I started like a social media business, I guess you could say. Um, so I was doing like, plug it plug it right now sociability well it doesn't exist anymore oh really no no i'm fully video now oh wow yeah don't do anything okay. yeah sorry i don't do any so more don't, instagram content don't I get, google that well you can google it i don't think the website's even up anymore but um i transitioned the whole thing into just like my own personal media company gotcha anyway i had a few clients um all local that i was doing stuff for but it was just like stuff that i'm not a fan of now it was just like the the instagram posts and all that kind of stuff so like so I was doing that, but nothing so, to do with CrossFit outside of here. So, so you went to Miami, mm-hmm. and did you get? I fr- you got to explain a little bit about why you were there. Yeah, because so, you got hired by someone else. No, it was literally it was just for us. It was just for you guys. Okay. Yeah. So what had happened was like PT had like came up to me like a couple weeks before I think and was like, hey, like would you want to like do a vlog? in Miami, da, da, da. And I was like, absolutely. And then right before we left, um, Austin Malialo, um, asked if I would want to go on SPT, if I would want to go on the cruise after to do that. That was after Miami. That was right after Miami. So those were the two things I did, um, right at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Gotcha. So but that wasn't like I was getting paid by anyone extra or anything like that. That was just like for here for the vlog. Yes. And then the, the Austin thing, I just got on the cruise for free. I didn't got on the cruise, started doing some freelance video work for Austin Maliolo's vlog and the and sort of I didn't get paid or anything I but got you on got the on the cruise yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got on the cruise sure that's a good trade-off it wasn't bad for your first gig yeah and then it basically exploded from there and then you go <sighs> and then after that strength in depth yeah and there what did you do so there so like well the one thing that happened at Wadapalooza that was the catalyst for a bunch of this was I had dm'd Keeper Cannon Right before, so Heber who's Heber Cannon? Heber Cannon is one of the uh, old directors of media at, for CrossFit. Um, so he worked CrossFit HQ. If you've ever seen any of the documentaries on Netflix, he made them. Him and Marston Sawyer's. He's were got long hair. Two of the main guys. Really, long hair. Really loud. Really loud. Well, now he's really loud. Yeah, um, at least on camera. Before he used to be quiet on camera because he was behind the camera. But they had just they had just got fired from CrossFit. And now and they're called. The Buttery Bros. The Buttery yeah. Bros. Um, they just got fired from CrossFit and they just started a vlog. So I had DM'd Heber and Marston millions of times and they had never replied ever because they have big social media followings. They have like 70K each plus and they had that at the time before. Um, but it just so happened that right before Waterpalooza, I just sent him another random DM that was like, hey man, if you ever need any help, like let me know. And he hit me back and he was like, where are you located? I was like, Ottawa, but I'm coming to Miami for this thing. Like da da da, if you need any help, let me know. And so I just ended up like volunteering to like in between events with these guys. Like I ran over and shot a like 10 minute vi- video of them working out for them. Did that twice in Miami and then did that again, strength and depth. But again, just purely just like offering to help them kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. You just volunteer. Yeah. Show your stuff. Mm-hmm. So then after 
the cruise mm-hmm. did you you kept in touch with those guys yeah kept in touch with them they basically we had a call right after the cruise and they just like i was with heber and he was just like hey man listen like we dig you um we like working with you we like what you do here's where we're at like they had just started the vlog they had no sponsors they weren't making any money or anything on it it was right at the beginning um and they're like like this is where we're at whatever and i was like well i mean i've admired you guys for years and like this is like like uh like a junior league player getting to train with Wayne Gretzky. Like it's the yeah, yeah. Co- coolest thing ever. So I was like, yeah, like I'm whatever I can do. I'm, I'm happy to. So I was like, great. So then we were in London for strength and depth. Um, I was shooting a daily or daily ish vlog again for here. Yeah. Um, but again, same, same shit. I would just would go over and, and help them. I helped them. I think just like with one shoot actually in strength and depth, um, did the open announcement at like 2 a.m. Right, right, right. That was gnarly. That was with Sam Briggs. That was with Sam Briggs. Yeah. So everyone else in the world was asleep and, and there was like 20 of us filming I an open announcement. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then, and then from there was, I would say after London was where it really kind of like took a turn. Um, Cause then I kind of started getting a little bit more opportunities outside of it and it started to turn into work and not just like volunteering. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, th- so then you're basically, they basically call you up now and they're like, we need someone to video yeah yeah so there and you and you go the term that's tossed around is the buttery intern you're the buttery intern. <laughs> yeah. i saw you on a couple of their of their vlogs yeah the yeah. odd the odd time they'll spin the camera around yeah and ex- they'll exactly you'll get yeah. a, you'll get a little flash and they'll ask you a question a little bit of recognition yeah exactly no um yeah i saw, so you, I, I saw the last time i i think i watched the last vlog yeah and you uh what were you oh yeah you went and got some acai bowls yeah but it wasn't actually <laughs> So I didn't get them. They made it look like I got them. I didn't. Heber ordered them. He ordered oh. them, and they blame me for it. They're like, "You let the Canadian order." I'm like, "I didn't." Anyway. So basically, they turn ar- the camera around when they want to blame you for something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. They want to. Seems you unfair. Out. Yeah. Um. No, it's. I don't know. I would describe myself now as like the media guy for the media guys. Like, right. Kind of what I've been doing recently. My biggest two projects have been producing on the road with Rory McKernan. Mm-hmm. So he hit me up after 19.5 in Miami. I was there with Heber Marson and told me he wanted to produce a show he was supposed to produce a show with img which is a broadcast company that was going to partner with crossfit for the games but they pulled out after the whole crossfit implosion so he's like hey i still want to produce this show would you be interested um so you know i went on the road literally with him and i've been traveling with him um here in marston around that time i had been starting to work for it too and yeah so now it's those are definitely the two main things um in the crossfit space and then yeah it's, there's a lot of things in in the in the pipe for sure. Um, very cool with athletes and brands and what's, uh, and on the road with Rory Mm -hmm. McKernan, you're Mm -hmm. just like, what's he doing on the vlog? What's the, he's like a person, he's like a personality. So like he's basically the talent and I'm just like producing the whole thing. So I film and edit it. That one I am involved. What's the vlog about though? Like he's going around to where, so it's, it's all travel based. So everyone we've done so far has been at a sanctioned event. So we went to Shanghai, Iceland and why didn't go to Shanghai? I didn't get a visa. But I went to Iceland with him and Paris recently. So we've produced 11 episodes so far um, from those three sanctionals. Um, so, yeah, I, the vlog itself won't necessarily always be on the road. On the road was actually just supposed to be the Shanghai and Iceland. Gotcha. But then we wanted to go. We had an opportunity to go to Paris. So we got a bunch of sponsors that were on board. And so we were able to go. And so we extended that on the road thing. And 
I don't know. I don't know if the vlog's going to turn into just the on the road or if it's out. But the original idea was just basically to put out content a little bit different than what's being put out in the CrossFit space, a bit more behind the scenes, a bit more cool. interview based and less like in your face hype, basically like a, a juxtaposition to what I do with Buttery Bros. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so where do people go to watch that? Uh, YouTube. So if you YouTube Rory McKernan, that'll pop up. And then the stuff I do with Hebert Marston is Buttery Bros. YouTube. Sweet, yeah. sweet. And and then the Buttery Bros stuff is that, mm-hmm. like you said, it's the total opposite. Total like, opposite. Like these guys are crazy. Crazy high energy uh, workout montages. Usually it's like going um, either to a sanctioned event or we've been doing a lot of home visits recently. So just I just got back last night from uh being in montreal with them we were there shooting with montreal Laura. yeah i was in yeah we went and stayed with michelle latondra anyone who doesn't live in, house. anyone who doesn't live in canada knows where montreal is yeah that's true eh? it's pretty popular you're city. like you're from canada oh do you live in montreal yeah it's like i know it's montreal a cool city man yeah. i never really been around it but yeah we went and stayed in the frat house of michelle latondra it was like she right now has laura horvath james newberry and pat Vellner at her house and then samuel cornier is like he lives on his own but like he's part of that crew yep so we went down, a rookie, rookie down games athlete. Saturday, yeah, and filmed with them, um, and just got back. So we're doing a lot of that kind of stuff too, like more home style stuff right now. Um, but yeah, it's much more like high energy, like montage It's very well produced, obviously, because Heber Martin are the ultimate of what they do. They've been producing this content for a decade now. So You know who loves those vlogs is Guillermo. Oh, yeah? Guillermo. He's I mean, his, his, dem- his demo is like perfect for that. Yeah, he's so. just young. Well, how old is Guillermo? 16? 16 years old? Yeah, he just loves He loves how much energy they put in. He's like, yeah. every vlog, these guys go 120%. Do you want me to spill <laughs> some tea, though? What? So it's really funny. I tell people I tell people this sometimes. It's like, they're, everyone comes up to me. They're like, do they do drugs? It's like, what do they do? Like, da, 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 da. like They're so high energy all the time, which they are. But I always try to reaffirm the fact that, no, they don't do drugs. They just are like shut off when the camera's off yeah, they save <laughs> their energy they're, yeah they're so smart they're so high energy when the camera's on and then like absolutely just like when the camera's off like it's you, a big you literally turn on a video and then they're just running yeah they're running Sprinting. and yelling yeah. and they're talking yeah. like a <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of like it's their trademark now yeah. it's kind of it's entertaining yeah it's entertaining yeah so you got to uh but you got to go to film them most recently well the ones that haven't been out are the most recently. The ones that aren't launched, like Montreal, like you yeah. just said. But the one, the latest one that they actually posted before that is was in New England. Yeah, Comtrain Camp. Comtrain Camp. Yeah, yeah. So I went down. That must have been really cool. Yeah, that was fun. That was a cool one. Um, went down to Boston and Ben Bergeron, head of Comtrain, puts on a camp every year. This one was games athletes or games qualified athletes exclusively, and like basically not including national champs because like that kind of gets out of hand. Like it was. You know, there's some top qualifiers from the open, and then mm-hmm. there's obviously like Catcher and David Sauter and people like that. Um, so yeah, we went down there. That one we were there for a long time. We were there from Thursday till Sunday, um, and we filmed them through an entire weekend training camp. And Heber and Marston actually participated, participated in that one. So that was that was kind of the funny part is they actually they they tried to keep up with them, which didn't work. That was entertaining. Yeah, that was really entertaining. It was a lot of hashtag skilled for life using the girls' weights and a lot of just subbing in and out of workouts. Um, I mean, I can't blame them. I wouldn't have done anything different, but oh, it was Dude, they looked hilarious. gnarly. Yeah. They were working out all day for how many days? Four days. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, because Thursday was a active recovery day, but it was like a 60-minute EMOM followed by a pool session. My God. And then it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday of like intense training. 
That's so cool. Yeah. What what was it like filming those athletes? Like a little closer in yeah. person. I mean, you know, you've done it before. Yeah. Around here, but maybe I mean, Katrin David's daughter's uh Right. Yeah. I mean two time CrossFit Games champion. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's cool for sure. Like the the coolest thing I find is just just observe <laughs> observing them in their natural habitat. Like watching <laughs> these watching these people like do these animals. Yeah, do these things over and over again that are just beyond my understanding of human capability that's the coolest part as far as the people part like i guess all the time like i don't know you can definitely you guys probably can definitely associate with this is like people are people like as soon as you meet someone they get humanized really quick so like the cool factor around being around all these games athletes is like pretty much disappeared to be honest like i don't want to sound like like um but you're also there to appreciate the you're also there to do your job which exactly. is exactly right? i think so it's, you're not focused yeah you're focused on like the work like if i went in there from like a oh my goodness it's like Tia claire to me yeah. you're like, not there to be a fan i you're, wouldn't get very good content from her because she'd be like get this guy away from me you know what i mean so maybe it's yeah. like a mindset thing but like hanging out with them is is really just cool because it's just observing what they can do yeah. as far as people i mean a lot of them are just great people but like yeah it's that's not really, really sweet. That. that's sweet yeah. So, I got two more minutes, and then I gotta go. Two more minutes. Yeah, I gotta get read work. So, what's next on the what's next on the plate for Nate? Well, I mean, the games. Besides the uh, the Heber and Marson and the and oh, the Rory besides stuff. That. Besides okay. that, what's next? Are you gonna go to the games? Uh, maybe. So I'm talking with a couple different people, Heber and Marson, Rory being two of them, but a couple other people about some stuff at the games. Um. Can't you just apply if you th- if they don't invite oh, you? Oh, I've already. You can, yeah. you can just apply and like totally, but like I'm not paying for it. Like you no, know what true, I mean? Like yeah, if yeah. I just like what would I, I don't know what I would use the content for. So like no, I'm definitely not going unless it's like a job. Right. Um, granted, I'm sure that's gonna be an option. Um, but there's actually like some other stuff, pretty cool, a little bit outside of CrossFit. Cool. That uh, I can tell you about, but I'm not gonna talk about on here. Fine. Um, but yeah, like. I love what I do in CrossFit and I definitely want to keep going with it. But like, you know, it's a relatively small market, right? Mm-hmm. It's relative, especially at like the the level where you can make a living from earning it. Like there's probably three or four people making content that could afford to, to have that. You know what I mean? Do you think it's going to grow? Um, I, I hope so. Th- or do you think, yeah. Or do you I think so. the, the people doing it now are going to monopolize that market? I no. mean, there's got to be people that want to break through and are yeah. and are just as creative as these other people. Yeah, you just you have know? to find something unique. Like, if people try to be the next Hebron Marston, then they'll never break through because Hebron Marston are the best Hebron Marston. You know, like if you yeah. if you come in and try to do what Craig Ritchie does, you try to do what Morning Chalk Up does. Like, you got to find your own thing. You got to find something unique that people want to see, um, and that's how you can break through, especially in something as niche as CrossFit. Do you like the direction that it's kind of taken? The games just with the whole media side oh i mean absolutely i wouldn't have a i wouldn't be doing what i i, I was doing if it didn't you know what i mean yeah. like there's there it was more opportunity yeah like yeah. M- more opportunity but also just like it was yeah just yeah cool yeah well hopefully i didn't mess up this podcast too much no, i think you did great man. i'll get uh that's one down yeah we'll get some practice on some other ones so if the audio is all messed up and if i no, i think it's perfect you killed it if i fuck up the editing then I'll help you. I'll I'll get Nate to help me out. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until it's all done. All right. Until next time. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude.